You are listening to episode 36 of the Level Up Your Wedding Film Business Podcast. Today's episode actually comes from a request I received from Instagram. Every once in a while, I put out a call on my Instagram stories asking you all what you want to hear about on the show. And one request I received was about freelancing. So today's guest is Jason Belkoff, who shoots for his own brand, but also freelances on the side, which is a great source of additional income. This is a great episode, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. I'm your host, Taylor Petrinovich, and at the core of this show, I want you to feel inspired to take your business to the next level, and I want to give you the tools and practical advice to help you along the way. So let's level up together. Jason Belkov is a former executive chef turned filmmaker. After working 10 years for one of the world's largest food service companies, Jason gave up his lifelong chef career to pursue filmmaking. Initially, he started in the business filming food sustainability projects for his former employer. That same year, Jason began to film weddings and diversify his clients between corporate and weddings. Jason is five years into his business and only shoots 10 weddings for his own brand. But as a freelancer, he shoots for 10 different studios and did over 70 weddings in 2019, which kept him very busy. Hey, Jason, thanks so much for taking your time out of your day to come on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cool. Well, um, you have a very interesting story as far as how you got into wedding filmmaking. So I would love to talk about the different way that you've structured your business compared to some others that I've seen in the industry. So how did you get started in the wedding film industry? Sure. Well, I started off my career 15 years ago as an executive chef, and that's what I did for 15 years. Uh, I knew nothing about filmmaking. I started to become interested when drones came about in 2013 and I bought the Phantom 1 and you know I just had like a little GoPro on it and stuff like that and I just took it out on my adventures my ATV adventures and just film stuff with my friends and um, that drone became not quite good enough and I went out and I got uh, DJI had the S1000 which was like this huge octocopter that carried the Panasonic GH3 people hired me they hired me to film um marketing for down the Jersey Shore and I did a lot of work with a marketing company and that's kind of how I got started I had no idea how to use the GH3 I didn't know what aperture was ISO you know the thing was just auto when it went in the air so I had a lot to learn I took a initiative from working with other people that knew what they were doing so I got involved with other production companies companies that did weddings as well and I went out and I trailed and I learned everything that I could and uh, graduated from the drones to doing weddings and corporate filmmaking. By the time in 2015, I got enough jobs to, to leave, to leave my career. How cool. And yeah. so um, you started off in a career as a chef, an executive chef. Can you tell us a little bit about how that transitioned into filmmaking for you? Because I know it's an interesting journey. Sure. Well, um, it kind of started with the GoPro. So it started with the drones and the GoPro. And I just became obsessed with the GoPro and going out on vacations and telling stories with my friends through my GoPro. Uh, eventually picked up uh, Adobe Premiere, uh, took a $50 CD-ROM, learned how to use it. And it was just practice, practice, practice. After uh, you know six months, I became fairly proficient in, in Premiere and uh, graduated the GoPro to the GH3, which was on the drone that I had mentioned before. Acquired the GH4 
two GH4s and a GH3, and that was my kit for when I first got started. I had been working with a wedding planner in the culinary world, and she started her own event planning business, and she allowed me to start my first couple of weddings. And I shot my first one for free, and then the next one was for basically full price. And then at the same time, I was doing corporate work with the company I was an executive chef for, and they had me doing um, uh, food service videos on... Um, on their stations of food in their cafes, safety videos, and all kinds of things. So when I started, I started both corporate and weddings at the same time, which helped to carry building my wedding business on the one side and helped building my corporate business on the other side. So I kind of diversified my ability to make money. Can you tell me a little bit about how your business looks today? Because I know that you do your own weddings for your own brand, but you also do a lot of freelance work. So how does that look? So what I've decided to do, uh, it didn't start out this way. I think I started by my second year, I had 25 weddings and maybe 15 to 20 corporate jobs a year. Uh, but I've kind of shifted. Uh, I've, I've built a lot of relationships over the years with photographers and other studios. So I'm more so freelance than I take my own weddings. So I take about 10 weddings a year and I can really spend a lot of time with my clients I can take chances. I don't have to take uh, that cheaper wedding. I can hold out because I'm shooting 65 freelance weddings a year. Uh, at least in 2019, I did 65, and that's about the target number, 50 to 70. So I always have money coming in uh, for my weddings, for my 10 weddings a year. I can take a lot of time with those clients. I can meet at their venue. Um, I can really get to know them. I can understand their story, and I feel like I can spend more time on their editing so that they can really express their story and, and who they are. So it allows me to give better time towards my clients. You know? Yeah, I think that that's something that we can all kind of strive to do in our own businesses. Mm -hmm. And I love that you found a way to make that happen for yourself. So how does the freelancing look? I want to know a little bit more about it because that's not something that I do. So it's a world completely foreign to me. So are you responsible only for the shooting? Um, how far out are they booking you? And if you don't mind, like how telling us how much you get paid for those things compared to your own weddings for your own brand? Yeah, sure. A lot of people don't know this, but Photographers are really looking to add video to their package. And if you want to get into more freelancing, uh, the best advice that I could say is reach out to as many photographers as you can and say, I just want to do uh, uh, provide video services for your photography. And I have, if you, if you want to do the editing, you can, I don't. Um, it's all outsourced. So my, my freelance work, just shooting. But yeah, so I just shoot. All of the companies or the photographers that I work for, they uh, they send it out. Um, some people use Weditor. Uh, some people just have a local editor that they use. But what a lot of people don't know is that so many photographers would love to add video, but they can't find a videographer who's not booked already or who's really good. Um, so there is a need out there in the industry, and I think a lot of people don't know that. Um, so if you want to fill your schedule with weekends that you don't have weddings, it's very possible. And it's easy as just reaching out to some studios and photographers. I think another important point to make is, is to go the extra mile. Uh, once you get a freelance job and say you get your first one, go above and beyond. I mean, when I get to the venue, I get there early. And I fly my drone even though I wasn't told to. I'll get establishing shots with the drone. I'll go to the bride prep 
a little bit early, I'll introduce myself. I'm also very active in setting up the couple with shots because if you don't say anything all day, I think the couple's going to look at that like my videographer didn't try to do anything. And I know some videographers just kind of hang back and take what the photographer gives them, and that's okay. But I think the couple really appreciates when you put them into motion and you make a real effort to um, give them a better experience by setting up shots. And, you know, whoever your client is that you're working for, they're going to see that. They're going to notice that. And they're going to recommend you to other photographers because you went the extra mile. I mean, when I do toasts or when I do ceremony, I set up, I set up four cameras and, and I do that solo. Not everybody's doing that. They're going to recommend me to other photographers and studios. And that's what happened. It just got compounded because um, I went the extra mile and other people weren't. And that's what, that's what propelled my career into working for 10 plus studios now. I get paid anywhere from $600 for a second shoot uh, to $1,000 for a same day edit. So I also do same day edits. So where a lot of companies like I'll shoot until the reception starts uh, or a little bit before the reception, bring my laptop and I'll get them a four minute edit by cake cutting. So that's, wow, a, that's, so cool. that's another way to make good money. So that's a thousand dollars for, for one day's work and the edit all in the same day. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, um, it's just filling a single day. So it doesn't come with all the pre-production and all the communication and all the editing and the delivery. Like, cause really having your own wedding adds up to a lot of that, like probably like 40 to 50 hours on average for most of us. Yeah. And so it's cool that you're able to kind of pivot in a way that allows you to only like <laughs> drive to a venue, do the work and then leave and be done with it. So yeah. I think that's a really interesting way to, um, to structure your business. And it seems like it's really working for you. Um, when I first got started, I think before I even hit my like one year anniversary of filming weddings, um, I was approached by a photographer um, to film some of her weddings. She had kind of bitten off more than she could chew and she started offering um, films as well as photos and she quickly realized that she could not do both <laughs> yeah. like at the same time as a single person. And yeah. so she uh, so she outsourced to me. Um, so, so that's just... a testament to what you're saying like there is a need for it and they are a lot of people are wanting to bring both in-house so that the photographers can have like full control over their team um so it's definitely a thing out there also um i've been approached by um a few like local companies i'm in sacramento california and there's a pretty large company out here that um i know that they hire freelancers for every single like vendor like I think they have DJs photographers videographers um officiant like they're they're like all in one yeah. and they've approached me and I know that they pay $800 a day for um for lead shooters so um if I if that was a, a direction I wanted to take my business in I would definitely take advantage of that but um that's that doesn't serve my own like why like I'm in this sure more it's, it's not for to, like everyone. have my own baby yeah 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 but you know? but I'm sure there's so many people out there who would love to have that business structure. So if somebody listening to this was interested in shooting for a volume brand like that, um, 
I know that you mentioned emailing photographers, but what would you like, how would you phrase that? Like to, to approach them in a way, um, if they had never like told you that they were interested in adding right. film to their services. Yeah. What I would explain the photographers that I shoot for, uh, shoot video for how that they've successfully added, uh, uh, pretty big chunk of money to their budget for one wedding. You know, um, I, I see, I work with photographers that are charging both photo and video $11,000, you know? And uh, so it, it's a simple way that they can increase. I mean, show them the value. The value is that um, they have to deal with the client a little bit on their end for the video, but they're having somebody shoot it. They're having somebody edit it. Provide an editor for them if you don't. I mean, I would actually come in with an editor. They may know somebody already or want to get it done in a cheaper place. But we all know that there's editing services out there uh, that are heavily advertised. So, I mean, if you don't know anyone, you can even start there. I would just say show them the value that you're giving somebody else. Yeah, maybe you can even ask for some reviews from past photographers that you've done this for um, and kind of put together like almost a little like media kit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, sure. cool. Mm -hmm. So um, you said that you're shooting like 65-ish um, a year for freelance. freelance? Yeah. yeah. So how far out are they like booking you? Um, like, are you getting a call 30 days before the wedding or? Right now I'm booked for 55 freelance weddings for next year. Obviously it's a little bit easier this year because they're all, a lot of them are getting moved. But they're booking me all the way through New Year's Eve next year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And um, is it all like local to your own like, um, most service them, area? Yeah. So most of them uh, are in the Philadelphia area, which is where I live. But uh, some of them is in the Jersey area. It's an interesting area. And I think I have an advantage over a lot of others because I live in Philadelphia, which is in 90 minutes from New York. It's two hours to Baltimore. Uh, D.C. is like two and a half, three hours. Um, you have Connecticut. Um, and then you'll have all the Jersey Shore. So there's, there's just a, a massive uh, area within three hours of many cities. Yeah, cool. I love that. So just, just so that we can compare kind of how much you're getting paid for your freelance jobs, would you mind talking a little bit about how you've priced out your own boutique brand? Sure. So having freelance so many weddings a year, having that, that, weekly income pretty much guaranteed, I can afford to take chances on my own brand uh, for uh, pricing out um, uh, my packages. So I start at 4500 for two shooters, uh, 10 hours, and that's a six to seven minute film. And that's pretty much where I start. I'm almost booked for next year. I have eight weddings booked. I'm only looking to hit 10. Once I hit that 10, I can afford to take even bigger risks. I can ask for $6,000, $7,000 for, for a wedding for that same format. And that will undoubtedly happen. So uh, when that happens, um, you know, I'll see what, I, what, what people are willing to spend. You know, that's, that's kind yeah. of the name of the game is to be booked and have nothing to lose. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. It's finding like the supply and demand perfect yeah. level where they meet. Yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're booking out like really quickly, then you really need to raise your prices. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's that's the goal to hit exactly the amount mm -hmm. that you want. So I think one beautiful thing about shooting so much volume, especially like in the early years of being a wedding filmmaker, is that you really get a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that um some people who 
out of the gate are only shooting eight to ten weddings a year are at a slight disadvantage just because they're not getting like the repetition in yeah you know like you have to spend ten thousand hours in something to become an expert so would you say that having shot so many weddings has helped you like level up your skill level yeah well see what the freelancing does is it allows me to take risks that i might not take in my own weddings right so I can try things out and test things and push the limits of something that I might not try to see if it works. And that's what I've been doing in my, uh, in my, in my uh, freelance opportunities. And it's helped my own weddings grow, you know, and uh, putting the bride, you know, in certain lighting situations, you know, um, taking risks and chances with uh, uh, portraits. Things that I might not normally do in my own weddings, I can try in the freelance. So yeah, that... so if you can relate to that, that's really kind of what uh, has helped propel me forward. I've probably shot over 300 weddings since 2015. You get to try a lot of. Th- I mean, we can never, we can never learn enough about shooting a wedding. It is a very, very complicated thing to do, and. It's, it's weird in a way that, you know, people that go to film school, you know, they want to work in the movies, they want to work in Hollywood. Um, but the wedding filmmaker kind of looks, is looked down upon a little bit in some way. And I think um, it's probably the hardest job to do. But yet... Um, the, Any live event production yes, is going to be ex- a little bit harder than a controlled. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that I always found that interesting, but... Uh, my my point that I'm getting at is this is a very, very hard thing to do is to capture a live event and uh, we can never stop learning. So uh, I can't shoot enough weddings to, uh, <laughs> to, to, you know, you know, I want to shoot that perfect wedding, but it's never going to happen, you know, so. Yeah, it's something that's just going to be slightly out of reach. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. So as we're recording this, it's July 23rd, 2020, and we are solidly in the middle of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. (laughs) And I think that because a lot of weddings are kind of moving around, being rescheduled, there has been some financial hit to a lot of us. Um, But I think that one way to kind of add a safeguard to your business is to expand your service offerings and to kind of pivot. Mm -hmm. And so I would like to get into a little bit about um, the corporate work that you do, because I have a feeling that that's allowed you to continue um, to have a steady paycheck and steady work throughout all of this. Yeah. So uh, the company that I used to work for uh, as an executive chef, um, they're one of the largest food service organizations in the world, and they have 11 divisions of companies. So um, what happened when COVID hit, um, they reached out to me to start doing safety videos. So they have cafes in New York City for top accounts like uh, MetLife, uh, American Express. Um, They do the Lincoln Center. Um, They do uh, all the major banks in New York City and stuff like that. So they do really nice cafes. And what I've been doing is procedural videos for when the employees come back uh, to work on how to pick up their food and how uh, the safety organization of the company is going to work. Um, so I've been very busy doing that since this whole thing started. Being able to do corporate on the side has you know, allowed me to um, maintain an income through this pandemic, which is you know, uh, about what I talked about before, about diversifying your, uh, your opportunities. But before that, uh, before the pandemic hit, 
I was working for them doing food sustainability projects. And uh, as of late, they sent me to Iceland and Mexico. Iceland was for Icelandic uh, sustainable cod. So I was telling the story of the second largest exporter in Iceland of sustainable cod. So that they could show their clients who were purchasing the, uh, the cod from them and all their units, um, this, is the st this is the level of quality that we go to to service our food. And then uh, I went to Mexico where um, they, they farm striped bass in these huge cases, thousands and thousands of fish in these ocean cages. Five miles off the coast of Ensenada, Mexico, there's an island, and it's all set up there. Their whole goal is to uh, feed the world. Uh, by 2050, there's not going to be enough food for the world, some people say. So this is a company that's taken up uh, providing a viable protein for the world. That's so cool. Yeah. So I love that um, your corporate work has kind of allowed you to travel. I know that a lot of wedding filmmakers, their goal is to to travel and do destination work. And it's cool to see that there are other ways to do it and aligning yourself with like a corporation that needs video content created for their company um, may also lead to opportunities to travel. So I think that's really cool and unique and um you know, I think that no one ever grew up thinking, I want to make videos for a <laughs> for a food right. company. But like, there are a crazy amount of jobs that we never even knew existed. And yeah. it's really cool to see. So my advice to, uh, you know, if you do want to get into corporate is to find something that you love, whatever that is, go after it and tell a small story about that company, that business or whatever has something, you know, maybe it's uh, it's not food, maybe it's tattoos. You have a passion for tattoos. Go to a tattoo shop, um, offer to tell their story, see if they'll pay you a little bit of money for it. If not, do it for free. And then you can get a portfolio started. How are things going with you through the pandemic? I know that since you've kind of diversified, you might be in a better place than some others, but, but how are you doing through all this? Well, since March, um, March, April, May, um, there really hasn't been much. But as of late June and then as of last in the last week, I've done four weddings. I am booked every single weekend except for one weekend all the way till New Year's Eve. That's wow. that's if they don't cancel, you know. So I, I have at least one wedding and some I have three. In October, I have 13. <laughs> still hey, booked lucky 13 for october That's yeah <laughs> yeah so i am very very still booked but we'll see what happens you know some people kind of move within the last month the last two months um but either way they're going to move till next year i may get it i may not if i'm already booked but either way we know next year is going to be very very busy Next year is going to be insane for everybody, yeah. but I think after being home for so long, it's going to be a nice change. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Awesome, Jason. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Okay, thank you. If you want to connect with Jason and see his work, you can find him on Instagram at Jason Matthew Films. And his commercial brand is at Modern Story Films, and I will link those both in the show notes for you as well. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. I want to hear from you, my listeners. What topics do you want to hear about on the podcast? Head on over to my Instagram at the Level Up Co. and send me a DM with topics you'd like to hear about. 
As always, I would love it if you left a review for the podcast wherever you're listening. That goes a long way in helping more people find the show. And until next time, friends, just keep pushing forward.